Hey everybody, it's Brian from the All In Addicted Gamblers podcast. Uh, this is, I just wanted to record a little something before this episode to let you know that we had a few technical difficulties during this episode. Um, I was getting, uh, because we record over Skype, you gotta use headphones and microphones and all that stuff, but I was getting a little bit of my own voice back through the guests this week, his uh, speakers. And so it sounds like there's somebody about 100 yards away with a loudspeaker every now and then. So I apologize for the uh, equipment destroying the podcast sound, but I'm no sound expert. I'm just a guy who records a podcast. So I should really work on finding a sound expert who can help me to record these podcasts better. So if you are that person, please uh, email at bhatchbooks at gmail.com. Also, this week's guest is somebody who listened to the podcast all the way through from beginning to end and wanted to come on and tell their story uh, to comment on other stories that they've heard on the podcast and also tell their own story. And so that could also be you. Uh, this podcast is not possible, especially this thread, the conversations with the gamblers is not possible without you uh, coming on to tell your story. Uh, so please uh, email me at bhatchbooks at gmail.com to set up uh, what could be your guest starring role on this podcast. Uh, but really, I would just appreciate uh, more stories of addicted gamblers to come on and tell their story. Uh, let's log them all. Let's get them all on here. So I would really appreciate it if you would uh, email me at bhatchbooks at gmail.com and we can set up an appointment and get you on this podcast to tell you your story of gambling addiction, whether it is you or a family member or if you know you listen to this podcast, just tell us why. Let's get you on here and tell your story. I would really appreciate it. Also, uh, just before this podcast starts, I would appreciate it if you would... Uh, rate us on iTunes. That would really be great. Uh, I know it's a big ask and I apologize. And I'm sorry and I keep saying this. It's, it's not about vanity. I just would appreciate a rating so that way we can get this podcast growing a bit more so we can get more people as yourself who may or may not be addicted to gambling but at least have some sort of gambling addiction tale to tell. Uh, we'd like more people to be able to hear it and rating us on iTunes really would help that. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Again, I apologize if from time to time there is a technical difficulty on this podcast, but unfortunately, that is what it is. And also, a quick shout out to Vegas. This is the first podcast we've done since the Las Vegas shooting happened, and I know we have some listeners in Las Vegas, and gambling aside, that was a terrible tragedy, tragedy excuse me. and I just want to let you all know that my heart goes out to all the victims. And uh, Vegas was a big part of my story in this whole thing. Um, and I can visualize where that shooting happened. And for all those who listen who are live in Vegas, uh, I'm just really terribly sorry that this happened. And I hope you all are coping well with it. And I'm sorry for all the victims of the shooting. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. And let's continue with our guest, Jay, from the UK. We got a lot of UK members. A lot of people from the UK. Gambling over there is so messed up. So please enjoy this episode. Jay is a wonderful guest. Just a great guy who had a lot to say. And uh, just a natural showman. So he really uh, spoke out well on this podcast. So again, thank you all for listening and enjoy this week's episode. This week's. I should really say this month's. I haven't posted in a month. I apologize. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. conversations with addicted gamblers my name is brian and this week i'm here with jay jay is from the uk hi jay welcome to the show hi brian thank you very much for having me 
I, it's the first time I've ever said welcome to the show to anybody. I don't know why that popped out, but I felt like I was introing a, a different show for some reason. Uh, you you found us on Twitter, correct? Well, I mean, you you found the podcast, but uh, you contacted me on Twitter. I I did. I I initially. Do you know what? It's actually very similar to to your initial. I think it's the primary reason you started the podcast. If if I'm if I'm not mistaken, was you were looking for a podcast that you could listen to about addict, you know, compulsive gambling, and uh, in, in a way, you know, something that can that can really sort of help you and help you just just address the issues and become more familiar with the the problems other people are suffering. And and I actually yeah I came across your podcast through um um uh, something called Castbox, um and I yeah and I fa- I found you on that and to be honest I've been hooked ever since I've uh, absolutely it's been it's been incredibly therapeutic I think the the, the people that you've interviewed have given such fascinating uh different viewpoints people from kind of all walks of life and their different experiences and it's it's just it's just been fantastic well good i'm glad we um i started it for two reasons one was that i was looking for i was looking for another avenue other than gamblers anonymous meetings and um secondly was because i just wanted to i I felt like I, I needed to talk about gambling, and so I, I, you know, Chris, my friend, was kind enough to just chat with me every week about it. So we decided to start a podcast. That was the easiest way to do this. We thought maybe somebody else would want to do the same thing. It turns out a lot of people want to do the same thing. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you found it, and I'm, I'm glad you emailed because that's that's how I end up getting interviews is people email in. So for everybody listening, email in and. You'll be on, just like Jay. Because we're trying to get, I mean, well, we're trying to tell everyone's story. Everyone, I, they're all very similar, but um, like you said, everybody's got something to add to it. Uh, and so it's been nice doing these this conversations uh, thread of the podcast with interviewing all of these uh, different people. And you particularly, you said you liked uh, Jeff in the last one that I interviewed. He had a lot of insight. So I, I thought uh. that was, it was very good. But... Let's get back to you. Do you want well, to just, sort just of start qu- at the beginning? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Well, just just quickly, I want to say I'm slightly nervous in the fact that I ha- I'm potentially going to be following Jeff because Jeff was – I could literally listen to a whole podcast of Jeff on his own. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was the most interesting, fascinating guy. He had he had so, so many interesting – Ah, points to make and so much knowledge as well. So much like really deep knowledge. Um, and like, and it, it kind of made me laugh because you know, when he was mentioning those two books that he was referring to and I heard you in the background like scribbling them down, like, what is this? Never enough. Yeah. I was doing exactly the same thing. So, like, while I'm listening to it on the train, I'm just, like, writing, okay, never enough. Okay, Google that. That looks amazing. And then the addiction by design, and thought that looked great as well. Um, 
But um, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Carry on. But yeah, the, that no, guy is awesome. It's you're, you're the guest of the week. You're, you're not interrupting anything. <laughs> this is my favorite part about well, me is that I just get to listen and other other people talk. Um, well, sure. let's, let's start. Uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, if you just want to talk about, you know, uh, when you started gambling, how that started up, and why, or if you know why. Um, just sort of start at the sure. beginning of your whole gambling tale. Sure. Well, it's really funny. It's like, again, going back to something that one of the other guests said, I remember I've now, now that I think it's probably the last couple of, last sort of two, three years that I've really kind of realized, okay, I've got a real big problem here because it's, it was just, just taking over my life. Far too much of my life and my my mental thought process was just uh, just dedicated to this. And I thought back and and I was thinking back to those little two p machines of when when I was about when I was about seven seven years old, going to a place like a holiday camp called uh, Butlins um, in the UK. And like, um, there's various little arcades at like fairgrounds and stuff. And they had these little machines where you would just put in your two peas and, and it just adds to like a, a mound of two peas, which okay, are kind yeah. of pushed back. Yeah. Do you know the ones? Yes. Like push, yeah, push back and forth towards the edge. And, and I remember, and I remember like the buzz of when, like an avalanche of two peas would come down in, into the little, uh, hol- like, you know, holster at the bottom. And just the, the feeling that that gave me. And, and I think back and I think that that feeling is something that perhaps I first experienced then and then gradually throughout my life started to try and sort of replicate. And I remember just like going up to my dad, like, harassing him like dad dad can i have another pound for the 2p machine dad please please and so my dad's like hey you know this is keeping him amused for hours it's only costing me like two quid you sure son crack on (laughs) you know and and obviously i hold nothing against him for that whatsoever it's like a it's like a 2p machine when i'm seven years old you know how on earth is he is he to i'm not apportioning any blame in any way to him um but I remember that really, yeah, just just a different feeling that I'd never experienced. Um, and that that kind of thinking back, I think that was kind of the, the first point. But obviously, you know, from seven to about like 15, you know, you don't have any money. So you can't you can't go out and gamble even if you wanted to. Um, but then for me. Um, what it turned into was, uh, fruit machines, um, which I'm sure I know has been covered by some of the previous guests. Um, yes, but, these... uh, for all of us on uh, this side of the water, go ahead and explain them again. Okay. So, so again, so, so a fruit machine is basically, they are literally everywhere. And I know some of the other guests have said them, but, so they're in they're in virtually every pub that you go into. They're in they're in petrol stations. 
Um, they're in the bar areas of restaurants. Um, they're in airports, as, you, as, as have been covered. They're basically everywhere. And I used to go down the pub with my friends and initially going down to the pub was to just have a few beers, shoot some pool, you know, with my friends and just, just enjoy myself and socialize and meet girls and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and then sort of after a while I'd find, find myself, I've been sat at this fruit machine for like most of the evening. And whilst my friends, like my friends are tapping me on the shoulder, like going, Jay, hey, you know, come on, like, you know, we're out for the night, we're out for drinks, we're out to have fun. And I'm just like zoned into this fruit machine. And sorry, to explain actually the fruit machine. So it's just this, you know, brightly colored sort of mosaic of flashing lights, just, you know, bombarding your senses to attract you. Even when someone's not playing it, it's just it's just all these lights are appearing, flashing round, and you think you're deluded into thinking that there's an element of skill involved because you know you can get into like various stages, and then by the speed at which you tap a button, you can accumulate cash, and 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 like by like stopping a button, so like for instance, a word will start like continue. And it will go C O U and, and you have to stop it like on the E at the end and it goes quite fast. And so you're kind of duped into thinking, yeah, you know, I can outsmart this machine. You know, I'm intelligent. I can, I can actually, yeah, you know, I can win some money. And obviously you do occasionally have wins. So you're deluded into thinking that, you know, I've won this money via skill or whatever. When, so it's not like, it's not a it's not a slot machine it's it's a a different game on the screen yeah it's it's there's there's Are there multiple games have, in the machine yeah so there's different levels that you can get to and first of all you need to get like onto the board so you keep putting your pounds in and your 50p's and you have to get you have to hold there's there's numbers that come up on a line and if you get a certain amount of numbers in a line or like three cherries in a line or three oranges or three apples pears whatever fruit yeah yeah exactly hence the fruit then you get the privilege of getting into the um the actual machine itself where you you like go around a board Every time you press the button, you go around a board and you get various bonuses. And it's like, uh, you know, and obviously every time you hit something, multiple lights flash up. So, you you know, your brain becomes all excited. And, and yeah, there's all these various different stages that you can get to. And something which you said, one of them is like when you get a jackpot, you go into like a central square and basically you you just keep pressing a button and you can't lose and so it'll be like you'll go around it'll be like 5 pounds okay 10 pounds okay 10 pounds 5 pounds 2 pounds 2 pounds 5 pounds and it all adds up and so you know obviously your excitement and your adrenaline is going as you see these figures like totting up so yeah that's that was the, these fruit machines are really 
you know, they're clearly there's some ingenious professor creating them to uh, basically entice people that, especially when you're drunk in a pub, you're just cannon fodder. You know, you're absolute cannon fodder for these guys. And so uh, that started in, in, in the pubs and stuff. And then I went to university. And then there'd be times when um, at university I started dabbling with bookies, the occasional horse bet and things like that, because a friend of mine did. But continuing with the fruit machines, I'd find myself like going out to nightclubs. And this is this is when you're at uni, when, for want of a better term, you know, women are quite accessible. Um, and, you know, uh, a young man is, is able to sort of uh, sow his seed quite extensively. Um, but there were times when, you and know... Instead, you're sitting on the machine... I'm so, I'm the sad bastard in the corner of the nightclub pumping money into a fruit machine for virtually the whole night. Um, and friends, and like I said, friends and even sometimes girls are like tapping me on the shoulder going, you know, hey, come and join us for a dance. Come and join us, whatever, you know, come and get involved. And I'm just like, you know, shooing them away. Look, I'll come back when I'm ready. I'll come back when I'm ready. Just let me let me finish what I'm doing. And inevitably, I'd lose. And it just kind of puts you on a downer for the for the rest of the evening. But sorry to to, to go back one step. Um, something quite another quite pivotal moment um, was when my best friend. Uh, I'm quite I'm quite lucky to have uh, an incredible best friend and his father is a uh, another wonderful wonderful man who's like a like a second dad to me um and they were quite wealthy um and his dad part owned um a horse which actually uh won every grand national in um in the uk so that's like the english the welsh the scottish the irish um, and when I was about 15, he said, uh, my friend was like, hey, you know, like I'm putting 20 quid on my dad's horse. Do you fancy just like sticking a fiver on? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, you know, why not? Yeah. And um, yeah. and obviously, yeah, the horse won. <laughs> and um, and it was 22 to one with the odds. But we'll uh, we'll get we'll get to the the 22 uh, obsession later. Um <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, and I just remember as like a 15 year old kid, you know, like on a Friday night and my friend's dad just coming up to me and handing me an envelope full of like, and it was about 130 quid just in notes. And, and when I was like, you know, 15, that much money was like, wow, okay, you know, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. And, and I remember. I remember that buzz as well. So that 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 was a kid, but I never got into the whole horse racing thing. But that was definitely a moment where, and and especially that night, I ended up going to a house party, and I was like, you know, bought loads of drinks, bought a bottle of champagne, and was like, turned up to the party, being all yeah, like Mister Flashman, like thinking, yeah, this is great. And so that was obviously sort of added to the delusion. Um, but then, then I guess I sort of went to my first casino 
maybe around sort of 22 to again I'm so obsessed with them but I genuinely think it was around 22 um and it was just social and it was just going with friends and it was going in with about 50 quid and thinking you know if I lose it I lose it no big deal whatever but I had oh, I had a few instances where I was on multiple occasions, it seemed like I, when I'd been down to literally my last chip and I'd win big on my last chip. And this had, this must have happened, oh, quite a few times. And so I subsequently initially would win and would walk out, you know, sometimes with four or five hundred quid. And I remember a time in particular when I was absolutely destitute. I was, I had no money through gambling and, and all the rest of it. And a friend of mine was kind enough to lend me 90 quid. And I assured him it was on the proviso that it would be going on, you know, food for the month and travel and stuff like that. Right. And, of, and of course it didn't. Um, and I went into a casino in London and I was basically, if I lose this 90 quid, I've like borrowed from like everyone I know. My credit with my friends is terrible. I'm screwed if this doesn't work. And I bizarrely just had about three different numbers that I'd, three or four different numbers that I'd selected. And, uh, yeah, and I won about 750 quid. And I remember going home and, you know, when you win in a casino, you're handed this envelope with 50s. And these, and, and in England, like a 50 pound note is like the biggest you can get. And I guess over there, you guys have got like a hundred bucks is, yeah. is the biggest note. <laughs> yep. So yeah, a yeah, hundred bucks. Um, so that's my, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a horrendous impression. Um, and I remember coming back and just, you know, throwing all these notes all over my bed and thinking, yeah, you know, okay, this has really got me out of a pickle. And on several occasions, it did, it got me out of a pickle when I was, like, really down to my last, like, tenner, last 20 quid, and I'd go in a casino, and sometimes I'd just win... A large, well, comparatively to me, a relatively large amount of money. And so I saw it as like a, you know, this, this potential escape route, uh, like as a, a way to potentially save me when I'm screwed, which is obviously completely delusional. Um, but that, that was one of the things that I just winning, I think, is the worst possible thing that can happen. To kind of state the obvious, um, but I had. But if you I won had, all the time, we wouldn't be talking right now. Well, exactly, exactly. We would definitely not be talking right now. Um, but as far as if you'd like to know, like the specific casinos that that I frequented. Um, so in Leicester Square, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Le- Leicester Square in London. I am not. Okay, well, it's kind of like a, 
the one the hub where where like everything goes on where you know you've got loads of theaters and uh okay. cinemas and nightclubs and stuff like that and so there was a casino called Empire Casino which is a a huge casino like three floors and you've got all the sort of scantily clad dancers around and and all of that all of that jazz um and there was one of those and I used to go there and sometimes do well sometimes sometimes not so much inevitably after payday and yeah and that that was that was somewhere that was kind of uh, it, that's where i think it it really kind of started to take hold and started to i i used to find myself like again like going out for nights with friends and we'd be going out we'd have this night planned like we're going out for dinner we're going to this nightclub and around kind of 11 12 if we were in that area I would like I'd make up some lame excuse about how I need to go home for this reason. I need to go home for that reason. And I do my solo mission to the casino and I take I take out as much as I could afford to take out, go into the casino and always 22 in the neighbors, 22 in the neighbors every time. And it would either go quite well or it wouldn't go so well. Um, additionally, um, I had, there was a casino in Marble Arch, um, which is also in London. Um, and it fit into my routine quite nicely because um, I used to host uh, something called speed dating. Um, okay. Don't, not sure if you've, uh, if you've ever heard of it. Yes. Yeah, we have it over here. Oh, I, I, I haven't seen it lately, but years back they did it. Okay, okay. Um, and so I used to host that. So I used to, like, welcome people, hand out their little pamphlet, explain how to fill out the form if you like someone, if you don't like someone, and just walk around and, like, ring a bell. Um, and it was a fantastic job. Um in, in the evenings, purely because, largely because a lot of the women there, they always want, I'm sure you found this, women always want what they can't get. And so because I was like the host, so I was kind of like off, out of bounds, uh, off the table, as it were. At the end of the night, you know, sometimes you, you quite often get approached because some of the guys, uh, even though I thought they were great, um, their social skills weren't necessarily exceptional <laughs> sure. and, and like for me to talk to them i found them fascinating but some of them had like you know the charisma of like a burnt sausage so i can kind of you know empathize with the women but but outside this venue there was a casino so so my routine was to go go do the job and then afterwards I'd always head into the casino and and it just became habitual and it became you know it became less of a choice and it became I think when I realized you know there's a serious problem it's when there's I, I, I almost felt like robotic I felt and and up until for the last couple of years I've almost something will something will trigger something 
in my brain, and then I'm like a robot. It's like I'm going to a casino. I'll be sat in the pub with my friends, just chilling out, having a drink, whatever, and I get it in my head. It's like, okay, you could go to the casino tonight, and I'm like, that's it. I'm gone. Um, and I would go, and it's over the last, I guess, over the last couple of years, just the the money, the money side of it has become irrelevant. Like I've got up to, I've got up to two, three grand, but it was never enough. It was never enough. There's this delusional mindset where I kind of, I guess, I've kind of taken stock over the last kind of couple of years about the amount that I've squandered over the years. And so it's, as I'm sure you can relate to this, it's that kind of delusional mentality of chasing the losses, of of things. And, you know, and I'm saying to myself in my head, okay, you know, if I win 20, 30 grand, that's it. I'll knock it on the head, game over, it's stopped. But... But then I think the the fact that I'm now I really feel like I've got some mental fortitude to actually beat this affliction, addiction, illness, whatever you want to call it, once and for all. Because I realised that even if I won twenty grand, if I won fifty grand, I'd stop. Right. But but then you know after. Think, thinking, really sort of thinking about my, the kind of thought process, the mentality that compulsive gambling creates in one's mind. I felt as if I realized that even if I won 50 grand, even if I won 20 grand, it's never enough. It's not going to be enough. Um, and I think that was a key point in me realizing that this is a completely futile fruit, that makes sense. Oh, at the very end it cut out, but um, it makes sense. I, I never I never had a number in my mind, but I always, I mean, I always thought, all right, I just, I just got to win something so I can get out of here, and it just it never, ever, ever, ever worked. Um, yeah. At what point, I, I get, I'm... At what point did you sort of realize that you had a problem? If you have a problem, if what you're saying is that you have a gambling problem, at what point did you realize that? When did I it go from I, this is really fun to holy crap, I have a problem? That's that's a good question. It, I'd say it was probably it was probably a, around two years ago when I started to to do the maths. And I start and I started to well not only doing the maths, I started to to basically like my it was taking up so much of my time. So like my my weekends I mentioned I'd quite recently come out of a relationship and she we'd have plans for the weekend about how we're gonna go to this nice park and have a walk round and have a picnic and you know, go to the theatre or whatever, what have you. And I'd come up with some um, uh, ridiculous excuse. I'd come up with every excuse you can possibly imagine. And some of them really quite dark and would ashamed myself. And I'd like to say, oh, my mother's not well. I need to go back and spend the weekend with her. 
and in reality um all i was doing was was and she lived just down the road from me so i'd like kind of put like a disguise on and go to the bookies in like a kind of all day like putting you know hundreds of pounds on sports bets and so my weekend was just spent glued in front of a tv watching for scores to come in and i thought i actually really care about this girl i really enjoy spending time with her i want to be with her but this compulsion is more powerful than that and and it was and it was all i was thinking about every time i saw a score every time i see a football score i'm thinking oh i wish i'd put a fiver on that just imagine what the odds would have been and also um i don't know if i mentioned but i i reached a point within the last couple of years where i can't enjoy the sport that i love so i love football um i'm an arsenal fan i've been going to see arsenal live at stadium for for years and years and and the the enjoyment was taken away from the actual spectacle of watching the match because i was more preoccupied with the score and the bets that i'd placed prior to the game and there's okay. a point there's a point where i'm sat there and i'm wanting my team to lose <laughs> and so like my team scores and you know everyone else is jumping up and celebrating and i'm kind of like sort of kicking the floor thinking bollocks you know this is <laughs> this this is just screwed up my accumulator this could cost me like 500 pounds and you know and and i should be there to enjoy watching my team man you know this is my team yeah. that i've been got that I've been going to see so passionately since I was about 10 years old and I you know I adore I adore football I played it my whole life I love watching it and going with my friends and 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 I was just preoccupied with I always checking my phone to see what the other scores are and stuff like that and it so I guess it's when when I realized I really had a problem was when firstly you know i'm really i'm lying consistently to my loved ones i'm spending my time gambling when i should be spending time with a girlfriend that i love with friends that i enjoy spending time with um and just just the amount of borrowing and the the lies the extravagant lies that i'd come I was going to ask with. you about the lies but you <laughs> you clearly are aware of them Oh my god, like my pet's, my pet's, uh, broken its leg, I need money for a vet's bill. All the little lies, yeah. Yeah! You're lying about the stupid, the dumbest things in the world you're lying about. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I found myself tripping myself up over the lies. So, I'd say to the girlfriend, Oh yeah, like, you know, I'm sorry, this weekend I've got to go and tend to my poor mother in her sick bed or whatever. Um, so I can't spend the weekend with you. And then later on the next week she's like, So so how's your mum? And I'm like, 
what? I'm like thinking, what? Yeah, she's fine. And then I kind of like realised what I'd said the week before. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, 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 that. Um, yeah, much better now. She's made a miraculous recovery. The uh, the uh, the two legs have, have have healed within a week, and you know it's just it's just nonsense. Um, and just just so many extravagant um, lies of monumental proportions. And I'm fortunate enough that I've got a lot of great friends that would would lend me money because I'd always pay it back. I'd always pay it back. I'm someone, it might take a while, but, <laughs> but I'd always pay it back. And I guess, I guess when I realized, sorry if I'm rambling a bit, but no, what, fine. um, what, when I, yeah, you know, when I realized I had a problem is when it's destroying the relationships with my close friends because Every time they get a phone call from me, they're thinking, Jay doesn't want to hang out with me. He wants to borrow some money. Or, you know, with relationships. Is that happening? Um, no, not, not anymore. Because I've, I've reached a point where I felt as if I was, I was leading this double life and I was keeping all of this stuff to myself. You know, I'd visit, I'd go and visit the casino. Sometimes I visited the casino at like 11 a.m. Like I think one of your other guys referred to that. And it's so depressing, man. You go into a casino at 11 a.m. I think oh, a casino, sure. I've been there. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's like the clientele that are there. And, and I'm just thinking, I'm, I, you know, I don't put myself in this bracket. I'd like to think, there's, you know, I have more, there's got to be more to life than going to a casino at 11am. And it just basically just completely taking over my, my thought process, my mindset. I'm just thinking about it all the time. My relationships with friends are crumbling. But with all my friends now, I've just been, I'm completely transparent. I'm like, guys, I've got a problem. I've got, you know, I've got issues. I've, there's times when I've said, just don't lend me money. Um, currently as it stands, I'm, I'm a big believer as well in, and I know it's a really kind of juvenile way to tackle it, but if you deny yourself access, then you simply do not have the ability to do it. So as things stand, whenever I get paid, I pay my wages into my parents' bank account. Um, and oh really? So I they're aware of your um, problem? Com yeah, completely aware. They've been kind enough to to take me back in. Like I said, with my ex, with my ex girlfriend, I'd arranged to. I was going to move into because I had to leave the property that I was in because it was being renovated, and so I was going to move in with her friend for a month, which she'd arranged for me. She'd gone out of her way to arrange it, got me a really good rate in a quite um, salubrious part of London. Um, and I was going to stay there for a month and then move in with her. And I basically, everything I had uh, saved, set aside for like the deposit and us moving in, I, I just gambled a lot. And I just called my parents and I was like, hey, I'm screwed. Um, I've got a serious problem. 
and please help me. And they were kind enough to to welcome me back with with open arms. And now I'm starting to amass more money than I've had in years. And I'm accountable to them. Um, well, and what did they know you gambled? I mean, did they know they, that you were gambling socially? You know, before it was a problem. They they had no idea to the extent. They were aware that I occasionally had a little bet on the football, um, but but no. I, to be honest, I don't. I don't even think to this day, actually, that I've told my mother that I've even been in a casino. So I've been very open and honest about my my addiction and that uh, I have a problem with this, but I haven't gone into sort of finite details about right. how, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I, I was just curious because, you know, you moved in with them, and so I, 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 I was yeah. just wondering to, to what extent they know of of your problem sure sure no it's it's a completely just justifiable question and um they i've i've basically made it very clear that it's a it's a very serious problem and to be honest my mum she's a lovely woman she's she worries quite a lot and so i've I've kind of, I'm trying to kind of, there's part of me that wants to kind of shield her from the intricacies, because I think yeah. if she knew, if she knew that, you know, I'd be in, been in casinos till five in the morning and I literally haven't had enough money to, to get home and I've had to walk like two hours through London late at night to get home, um, you know, and the kind of the situations I've put myself in and some of the behavior I've engaged in at casinos, I think that would that would bring more stress to her than is really necessary. You know, I've just told her it's a serious problem. It needs to be addressed. And she's been kind enough to, you know, show that compassion. And yeah, she's been great. What else? I suppose are you are you seeking treatment at all? Are you going to any meetings at all? Are you? I mean, I'm impressed that you were able to just. I have a problem, and I'm going to let my parents take my my money. That's impressive that you did that. I don't. I don't think I. It, that's really hard to do. It, well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of embarrassment associated with that. You know, uh, uh, the fact of I'm yeah. I'm turned I turned 36 in December, and the thought that that I can't I'm in I'm incapable of well I, in fact right now I don't feel incapable but certainly I'm not willing to take that chance but I just thought you know I'm just thinking access it's like if I don't have something. If I send a message to all my friends, don't lend me any money. I'm a compulsive gambler. I give all my wages to my mother. <laughs> she take like even when I like have to like top up my travel and stuff like that. You know, she'll come and pay for it on her card, and then just it just gets transferred from my account to hers. Um, I just thought, I just thought, what logical way can I? 
can I tackle this? And I thought, just cut off access, you know, cut off the access. And then I'm literally incapable of doing it. And so it was more out of kind of just a, just looking at it in like a logical way. Um, and yeah. And so that, that's kind of, that's what, what prompted the current way that my finances are handled. Do you want to talk about the last time you gambled? Do you, or do you want to give us some sort of time as to when the last time you gambled was, or do you not want to share that? No, sure. I'm, I'm happy to share pretty much anything, to be honest. Um, so it's, it was about just over three weeks ago. Um, so the last time I gambled was about three weeks ago. That was also the last time I had a drink as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going for the double whammy. Um, and <laughs> Are you a smoker? Because I think you might take up smoking to try and stop both of those at once. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Uh, I do smoke, yeah. And so so kind of my, my only current vice um, to kind of take the edge off is uh, a little bit of smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, um, it was, a, it was about three weeks ago. Um, and I basically, I had virtually no money and myself and a really good friend of mine, uh, went to go and watch a football match and one of the one of our kind of you know like you had your ritual for going to the casino and stuff well <laughs> yeah 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 so kind of in in England as I'm sure you guess that you know a lot of us guys are obsessed with football or as you guys what? would obviously call- <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure that's completely shocked you this is <laughs> news to me i was unaware you're talking about american football i'm sure uh, of course of course the uh <laughs> the uh, 69ers or whatever they're called or the uh, <laughs> green green bay packers um yeah there you go you got one jackson jaguars yeah i'm uh familiar with a few few of those but um yeah we're um we're kind of a football mad nation and me and my friend, kind of our ritual was meet up, go to the pub, on the way to the pub, place a load of bets, sit there, drink, watch the football, and either come out elated at the fact that we've won 300, 400 quid, or uh, desperately annoyed that we've done 200 uh, pounds or whatever. And... And so yeah, that that was that was the last time. The th- the thing is with oh, one one thing, a couple of things. I mean, maybe this is something that you want to get onto uh, later. But one one thing that that's been covered by some of your other guests again is the the prevalence of advertising in the UK, and it's literally from about nine a.m. on. Daytime TV, your cheesy talk shows, so like your equivalent of like opera, oh, sorry, opera, Oprah, <laughs> is like 
will be like, and and it's like, you know, uh, we over here, we have all these cheesy shows, and it's like sponsored by, you know, Foxy Bingo, or some sort of, or, you know, William Hill, or whatever, and stuff like that. And, and what is William Hill? So, uh, so William Hill is like one of the most famous um, bu- bookies, like betting institutions in the UK. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, one thing that – a couple of instances in particular that really, really pissed me off recently. So, like, I get it. Okay, you have ad breaks, and, okay, fair enough. Within those ad breaks, they're going to they're gonna be uh, gambling um, advertisements. But now I was watching my team yesterday, Arsenal, and literally it's not even a proper advert. So the screen, whilst you're watching it, is split diagonally, so you can still see the action whilst yeah. you have whilst you have a gambling advert on the left hand side of the screen, and on the right hand side of the screen, you know you're still seeing like the players shaking hands in preparation for the match, blah blah blah, and and the advert is designed in the style of, like, a football game. And so, you know, like, FIFA, and I don't know if you guys ever play, like, you know, like, computerized, um, say, NFL over there or whatever. And so these adverts are designed in, in the style of, like, over here we have, like, FIFA and Superstar Soccer. And so... That is so clearly tapping into the minds of younger people, you know, like yeah. kids, kids start playing these games at like, you know, seven, eight, nine, whatever. And now the adverts are designed in a way is where it's like each footballer is highlighted and it's like, be there, be that player, be playing on the pitch. You know, you can be a part of this game. And and it's like and also going back to the fruit machines, you know, their themes. So it's like Simpsons and Sesame Street and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, how like unscrupulous are these guys to like have them themed in like it's like I know Simpsons is kind of like borderline children's adults, whatever. But like, you know, Family Guy, there'll be all these machines are, are themed like that. And it really yeah, we have the same thing over here. Yeah, and I just think that it's just it's it's just it's immoral, you know. And it's it's that that really frustrates me. And so now when I watch football, like I I it's like it, I for me it's brainwashing. And so every time the advert comes on, I just mute it or I turn off the TV. But yesterday, I was like, I can't even turn off the TV. You're just, before I get the chance, you know, for you saying, okay, there's going to be an advert in a couple of seconds, it's just hit in my face, bang, there you go, Coral, you know, which is a betting company. And so people don't even get the chance to turn, to switch the channel when the adverts are on and stuff like that. All of the stadiums in the UK are named after betting companies. It's like the Bet365 ground, um, you know, it, it's it's literally, it's in newspapers, whenever you read um, articles about football, they're all sponsored by Bet365, 
Betfair, Bet365. So it's plastered all over the news, uh, newspapers, radio. If you're listening to the radio, listening to a football match is always sponsored by blah, blah, blah. The latest odds on this game are blah, blah, blah. You literally cannot escape it. It is in it, your... Sorry. Does it make you... Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just I was curious. Does it make you want to gamble when you see those? Or it does did. It, angry? it Now it's reached the point of anger. It's reached the point of... I'm I've, I'm almost so like determined to not be brainwashed by these. I am I allowed to swear? Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> by these motherfuckers, I'm 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 determined to to just to to beat them to beat them. And do you know what? Something I did just out of curiosity prior to because I know that you know you were kind enough to say that. You know, you'd have me on and have a chat. And I did a bit of Googling. And I just did a bit of Googling of, like, so famous gamblers and then famous, like, casino owners and famous owners of betting companies and stuff like that. And the, and do you know what I found so intriguing? And I thought it just, just compounds my... Uh, my, my thought process and and how I feel about it right now is that all of the casino owners just had these great big broad grins and you know they're either pictured like in in some sort of luxury with some beautiful woman hanging off their arm and they just look so smug and content and then obviously all the famous gamblers on Google Images is just all. You know, I'm not going to name names, but people obviously just looking utterly miserable. And it just reminds me in casinos as well, the amount of times when they, they can be just places of misery. And there's just people like roulette was my thing, people barging and, and, and it was almost like a cockfight in Bangkok. You've got people like hustling and bustling up to the table, pushing in front of you to get their chips down. And it's just like, oh, it's just, it's just a bit, yeah, just toxic. I, have I stopped playing roulette because of uh, other people. I said, oh, this takes too long and other people are around and they're annoying me. I got to go find a slot machine where nobody's around. I, I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that and I can completely understand where you're coming from i think the only thing that maybe stopped me stopped me doing that was this obsession with 22 and the neighbors and i'd always do <laughs> 22 and the neighbors and every time i walk into a casino the first thing i do is go and look at the the last you know they have like a list of like the last yeah, 10 15 all... numbers so yeah. So if 22's on there, that's my table. That's my table. Oh, so you don't, you, you didn't buy into the fact, oh, 22 already hit on that table, so I can't use that table. I have to find a different table where it hasn't hit yet. No, I'd, I'd be, I'd be convinced that that was now like a magnet for 22. Um, and so. Where did 22 come from? Well, 20, that's a very, again, that's a very interesting question. So it just, 
it, it freakily seems to have been a recurring theme throughout my life. So, firstly, the 22nd is of December. It's my birthday. So I think... Okay. So that's that's one thing. And then um, I think one of my, my girlfriends, an, an ex-girlfriend who, who, who I loved a bit, her house number was 22. Um, and then, but then also to all with football scores, whenever I've kind of won big on football, it's always been to all. And there's been all these freaky instances like, when whenever my train stops, I look to the left and it's like yeah, I'm on carriage 22 or like I remember I was on in the um, waiting on a platform at the underground the other day. And I looked down at the track um, where like all the rats scurry around in the darkness and there was just one little sticker and I have no idea how it got there. And funnily enough, yeah, it had 22 on it. Um, it sounds just, like the number 22 is haunting you now. Since you're yeah. not gambling, it's going to drive you insane. I know, I know. And that's, that's, that's why, you know, the lottery, I would always do. So you need to pick um, five for the Euro millions. It's, it's, 20 to, it's five numbers, which is I would always do 22 in the neighbours and then a couple of other numbers you need to pick. And obviously, I I don't do the lottery now. And I tell you what, if twenty two in the neighbours comes in on the lottery, I am going to be really pissed off. I'm going to be that. that no, that. you have to feel good that you're not gambling. You can't be pissed off. You have to. People are going to keep winning the lottery whether you're playing or not. So you just uh, don't don't get mad at that. I I know I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but. Uh, it's like it's like I've done it as like a ritual for years. Twenty two in the neighbours, and now like no, I'm not even going to do the lottery. But if it comes in, I don't know. I'm just going to ignore the results because if I ever see that, <laughs> yeah. the best way to go. <laughs> yeah, that that will really wind me up. Well, my my I told you my friend uh, Jason was obsessed with twenty two, and it was all from, and I I didn't realize. It was, I don't know exactly what it was with him, but a portion of it was because he loved this uh, movie called Empire Records. Okay. From the mid, mid-90s. And in that movie at the very beginning, the uh, character takes the uh, day's uh, revenue, all the money that came in that day, that he was supposed to take it and drop it off at the bank, but he goes to Atlantic City and he puts it all on number 22 and he loses. 20. Actually, he, he wins at... I'm saying this wrong because it's been a long time since I've seen the mo- uh, movie, but he walks by a roulette table and says 22, and it lands on 22. And so my my friend is obsessed with 22 as well. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't gamble, but uh, he uh, always loves 22. And so I, when I would gamble, when I st- first started playing roulette, it's, it's um, a little bit. It's, I always went with 22 because I thought, well, I gotta use that number because he said it so much. And so I was always playing 22 as well. And generally, the neighbors, I would stay in that midsection. I would do 16, 22, that whole, uh, that whole area. I can complete, I can completely empathize. It's, um, it's, this, this, this more occasions. It's like, when I've had like a birthday dinner and I've invited people, like 22 people turn up or just so many. <laughs> 
has been a recurring theme. And yeah, it's it, it's quite freaky. But like like I said, I think I think what I, what I'd love to do is try and use that number in a in a positive way, in a positive way. Well, you could um, sit down and write 22 pages of a screenplay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as I was saying, I've got some uh, got some ideas that I'm putting together for uh, for a book um, called 20. Oh, perfect. See. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that'll be very positive. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I've I've just just started a, a creative writing course um, again um, about three weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm formulating some, some really good ideas and I'd love for it to be like a, a fascinating, entertaining read about a guy's obsession with 22 and how, it, you know, initially it can cause all sorts of drama and heartache, but eventually somehow there's some kind of positive positive result coming from that obsession. I think that's excellent. And I think now you'll have more time to work on that if you're not gambling. Absolutely, 100%. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, do you know, like, one thing, I, I don't know if you wouldn't be aware of this, but just going back to the advertising thing, what what really stuck in my throat is quite recently when it, when I log on to even your podcast, uh, an advert for, and I'm listening to a podcast about compulsive gambling, and an advert for a betting company comes up on while seriously, from, yeah, no, Who's no advertising on my podcast. No, this isn't right. No bullshit. No bullshit. Who the yeah. hell is taking my podcast and advertising? I'm going to investigate this because. Uh, Nobody should be taking my podcast and advertising on it. I I completely agree. Okay, like I, I hope I don't get some lawsuits. Especially through. gambling adverts. Um, what do you listen on again? Tell me the name. The it's called Bet Victor, which is a company over here. And I was logging into your podcast, and it flashes up, and I thought, "Are you taking the piss?" Like, you know, this is literally, I'm logging in to listen to an, a Compulsive Gamblers podcast and I've got an advert flashing up for Bet Victor. I just thought... Oh, it just, it flashes on your phone or whatever you're listening on? Well, no, no, it flashes on. So when you lo- log into the podcast, it's like an advertisement that, that comes on just, just before... It's a verbal advertisement? Yeah, it's, it's visual, it's visual. Um... Oh my gosh! Uh, what do you listen on? You listen on Cast? What'd you say, Cast? It's called Cast uh, Cast Box. Cast Box. Okay. Yeah, but I thought you'd like to know about that because I'm sure that that. Will... I did not know that that existed or that that was happening. Yeah. Uh, that makes me laugh, but it also makes me pissed off. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I can imagine that it would really piss you off. Um. I only, I mean, I only, the podcast that I, the outlets I use are iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, my website, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. So it must be they're using the iTunes feed or something to get it anyway. 
doesn't matter, but... Yeah. And I, I thought you'd be made... A, yeah, I'd like to make you aware of that. Like... Well, I'm glad you told me, definitely, well, I thought that that was a, a thing. Yeah, good. I thought that would piss you off. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> and I don't... I, I don't want to ruin your day. I just wanted to make you aware of it. No, no, actually, you didn't ruin my day. It makes me happy you told me because uh, I, I want to investigate that. Because that, that's just an ultimate fuck you. <laughs> a gambling advert yeah. in front of a gambling addiction podcast. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. But I guess, I guess a couple of things that, yeah, that I'd, I'd, I'd like to, if, if if you don't mind, I'd like to to mention. Um, Absolutely. Something that that people should really think of. It's like going going back to this this William Hill. So the guy's like um, the founder of the of the most popular um, bookies in in the United Kingdom. And if you Google a picture of the guy, yeah. He looks like a Nobel Prize winning professor. So this is one very shrewd cookie, dressed exceptionally well. And, you know, it just it just kind of reinforces the point that the people that are behind these gambling institutions, they're really, really smart people. And they are constantly thinking of devious, cunning, manipulative ways to attract more and more people um, who are vulnerable. And, you know, just to look at the guy and think, do I want to be like, you know, the super intellectual professor who's swimming in cash or then you Google a compulsive gambler and you'll see some down and out guy who, you know, most probably who is in an utter, you know, state of misery. And, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, all, all compulsive gamblers are doing is just, you know, feeding into the pockets and and the mansions of, of these guys. And I bet Mr. William Hill didn't like a bet. Um I bet he was wise enough to not. Um, I mean, I could quickly touch on my sort of GA and AA experience, if you like. Um, sure, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, let's definitely talk about that. I didn't know that yeah, you were you had experience with. Yeah, sure, sure. So I've been to two, and I've I've had completely. I'm like you. I'm kind of. I'm still. I'm still undecided about it. I'm still undecided about it. I get. I get the whole, you know, you're listening to people that, as you as you've touched on, are so complete. You can be so completely open and honest. They're so compassionate. They're so receptive to what you've got to say. They're so thoughtful. They're so, you know, they're coming from a good place as you as you term it. Um, but I had, I've had two quite contrasting experiences. I had one experience where there was just four guys and they were between about 50 and 60. And, but believe it or not, that was the place where I got the most from it because they were, it was, it was a smaller environment. They were really nice. They were so welcoming 
and they're kind of like your kind of Werther's original sort of typical sort of like grandfather come and sit on my knee, not in a pervy way, but you know, kind of just really nice guys. And they introduce, yeah. and they um, they introduce me to a WhatsApp group, and. And so the WhatsApp group, and they're, what's great about these guys is they're not intrusive. So they're not, they didn't like, you know, they said, if you want to exchange numbers, we can, but, you know, don't feel obliged. But I was like, you know, yeah, sure, what have I got to lose? So I exchanged a few numbers with these guys, and they just included me in the WhatsApp group. And um, they just post, like, every day they just post these, like, really, like, inspirational um mantras and like like um trying to think of the word but yeah these like just really really nice things and they just pop up throughout the day and i'll just give you a few examples if that's okay um so a couple would be like one was like today i have the power to change my story and and as simple as that is i i really resonate with that I found it really powerful. It's now my screensaver on my phone. Um, another one was like, and there's images associated with these as well, and it was like, the devil whispered in my ear, you're not strong enough to withstand the storm. And then it was, today I whispered in the devil's ear, I am the storm. And I thought, that was pretty cool. And I thought... Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. And it kind of make it reinforces my beliefs, and I'm kind of like thinking, you know what, Mr. William Hill, Mr. Bet Victor, Mr. All these guys that own the casino, fuck off! I am the storm, you know. And it's I don't know if that makes sense, but it does absolutely. It that really resonated with me. But then I can understand why people have issues with AA, uh, sorry GA, because I went to another one. And it was a very different experience. It was like there was all there was just constant talk of like of relapsing and sort of misery and how these people have been like kicked out by their their wife or their girlfriend and they've got two young kids at home because their month's wages have just come in and they've just spanked the lot on gambling and stuff like that. Um. I get the whole point of how that is, you know, you take that and you think, I don't want to be, I don't want to reach that point, you know, and that reinforces what could happen. I don't want to get there. But they're sort of referring to their sort of fuck it moments is what they would call it. And they, they, I got the impression that they quite sort of consistently relapsed. And that, so I came out of it thinking, like, okay, you know, you guys are just talking about how, you know, pretty much week in, week out, you, you know, you don't achieve your aim and this doesn't fulfill what it's supposed to be doing. Whereas the, the other older guys had all gone like 20, 30 years and stuff like that. And that's, you know, and that's really comforting. Going back to like Jeff, what was his, um, his, his, uh, the, the quote he was talking about in the desert, you know, and about oh, if you if you go out in the the desert, do you want to follow somebody? Somebody you want to who are you going to hang out with? You're going to 
be with people that you know because they'll be able to get you. I'm gonna. I'm messing up his quote. Listen to the last episode, everybody. <laughs> you get his quote. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, do you want someone who's you know negotiated his way out of the desert sixty times, or some guy who's done it once? Basically, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. even yeah, yeah. even if the guy who's done it once loves football, you know, supports the same team as you, you know, comes from the local area, you've got loads in common. From my sort of brief experience and, and dealing with this, you know what? Go with Jeff. If I, if I had any advice to give to anyone, and from my personal experience, go with the Jeffs, um, because they know their shit. Um, and they, they really... They do, but I, I just don't want to. I, I, I like GA. I think it's helpful, and some it just GA is all built around the people who exist inside the rooms. And so, if those people aren't good for you, then you'll you want to go find a, a different room. You got to go with what works True. for you. But uh, people are. That's the good thing about GA is that if you relapse, you can go back, and that's one of the more uncomfortable moments is if you do relapse after you've been in a room, it's hard to go back. And I ended up not going back because of that. Um, at one point when I lived in California and hence this podcast was born because I didn't want to go back to the GA that I had gone to previously. But I think that's the wonderful part is that people can go back. And so I think they should go back. And so I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to crap on those people who, you know, had relapsed a whole bunch because they, they're trying, they're trying to get back and, and, and go, uh, so they're still they're still working on themselves, but I mean I relapsed a whole bunch before before now where I'm over three years now. But uh, who knows? You know, none of us know the next day when we're going to place another bet. Hopefully, never. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, and and I don't want to I don't want to give it a bad name. And you know what? You know, at the end of the day, they're really nice guys, and they handed out the. The, the second group that I've I haven't referred to in a particularly in in a particularly positive light, but you know they handed me a card of their numbers and stuff, and they were really nice. And I don't want to I would never put some want to put someone off going. I'd say definitely give it a go. But like like you've referred to before, I think you you need to find one with with the kind of demographic and and the personnel within that that works for you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Be with people that make you comfortable enough to open up and talk and people that you can learn to trust. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to go with what works for you, for sure. Absolutely. It's hard enough that you're not gambling. Now to, to get into recovery you, is a whole other animal, so you want to be with people who can help you along with that. Absolutely. And you know, the, the way that I see your podcast is like GA on the go. I see it as like, it's when I'm on unpleasant train journeys and I'm stuck on a tube, I can, and what's so great about your podcast is that, you know, you're selective about the people that that come on. And I found every, I've been able to, to gain some some knowledge from uh, the experiences of everyone that's come on and everyone has has expressed their views in a in a very matter of fact candid way and and I've massively benefited from that and so it's like you know if you can't get to a meeting or whatever 
tune into the podcast because it 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 performs the same the the, the same function in my view. It really does, and it's been incredibly helpful for me. It's really, it's just enabled me to continually, day in, day out, reinforce the belief that I had and sort of just confirm in my mind. And, you know, I've, I've been intrigued by all of your guests, and, and I think you're, you know, you're a fantastic guy, and for you to, to actually, you know, have the, have the, just the, you know, to get round to putting this together. Someone needed to do it. You've done it. And I think you should be incredibly proud of yourself. And I think you're doing a hell of a lot of help. And I've, it's been an absolute, you know, privilege to, to be able to, to talk to you. I think it's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say. I really appreciate it. Um, but these, you know, again, my story's over at this point. And so these wouldn't be possible without people like you coming forward willing to talk. So thank you for coming on. Well, not at all. If it can if it can provide any help, you know, if anyone can listen to it and resonate with the story, and it is, you know, I think it is something that can creep up on you. And so I think, especially like in the UK, and I'm sure there's so many people that are currently just d- dabbling with it recreationally, but in a short period of time, it can become a compulsion and take over your life. And so if you have a kind of addictive tendencies and that kind of mindset, I would steer well clear. You know, this this gambling has not been going uh, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, uh, you know, in some form or another. I'm sure there were cavemen, you know, chucking dice or not dice or rocks around or whatever and, you know, betting their wives on it or the saber-toothed tiger that they caught that day or whatever, you know. This this is something that, but, you know, there's, it's, it's one of, out of all, I've, I've, I've struggled with a few things in my life, sort of addiction-wise, but this one was all-consuming, all-consuming, and and no one wants that in their life. There's a better life out there, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. And sorry if I've completely rambled. If you knew me well, you know this is a regular thing. I'm a, I'm quite, I'm known as a, a bit of a rambler. And um, no, it works perfect for a podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I I I hope I make the cut. I hope I make the cut. Oh no, you were you were absolutely wonderful, and I've enjoyed speaking with you. And I I, I hope uh, you're. I wish you continued recovery. I'll say. Uh, I'm impressed that you were able to get your, you know, take control of your finances and realize that you, to give to, you know, put them in the hands of your parents is impressive. Especially at this age, where you're kind of, you know, that's hard to do. I'm sure. In being a little younger, sometimes that's easier to do because you think, all right, but. It's impressive yeah. that you were able to do that and, and give it away to your to your parents and that they were kind enough to take you in. But, uh, you know, I did the same thing a few years back when I was 29. I had to move back in with my parents because I was I gambled and I screwed up and I, they were kind enough to take me in. So I, I went through the exact same thing. Well, I, I guess we're, we're both lucky to have c- compassionate parents. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, your your story, I can, I can also... 
even though mine's not exactly the, exactly the same, I totally resonate with so much of what you've said. And, and I'm, I'm sure as you feel, it's just once you escape it, it's like a weight off the shoulders. It's like, even though it's only been like, you know, three and a half weeks, I just feel so much calmer and so the burden's been lifted and I don't need to lie and, you know, and it's like, there's light at the end of the tunnel now, you know, there really is. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a great feeling. And you've really helped me to come round to that way of thinking. And I thank you sincerely for that. Oh, you're welcome. But, it, you know, I, I thank you for, for listening. I would, you know, I wouldn't, if there was only one other person listening to this, I suppose I'd still do it. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad there's people like you out there listening. And I'm glad you're able to find it. And I will investigate this whole betting advertisement before the podcast. Doesn't make any sense to me. No. Um, but you're, you're very kind. You're very kind. So I appreciate your words. Well. And, uh, Thank you for coming on the podcast. Not at all. Not. At all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I'm. Uh, and uh, thank you so we'll do much. Do it again in the future, and we'll we'll get an update on where you're at. I'd uh, I'd we'll have you back on in the future. I'd love to. Hopefully, I'll be uh, you know signing autographs uh, for my best-selling novel in uh, in a couple in in six months, a year's time. Who knows? Who knows? In and that will be called 22? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the plot just in case someone steals my idea. But, um, right, right. It will, that happen. <laughs> yeah, but it will, uh, yeah, most certainly, most certainly. But, um, you're going to see me, you're going to see me on TV in six to months to a year autographing a book called 22 that I stole from you. <laughs> it's like, hey! <laughs> I thought he was a nice guy. I I will become an avid tweeter. I'll I'll go from seven tweets to a hundred in a day. Brian, bastard, <laughs> you stole my idea. You you have a you have a lot of followers, so. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a you few... have more than me. Really? Oh yeah. Crikey! Well. I don't. I don't. I'm not, I'm not good at Twitter. I use it for. Uh, I use it for news. I follow a lot of news outlets and news people to find out that stuff. And then I follow a lot of gambling people. That's, okay. that's pretty much it. Okay. Do you know what? When I first contacted you, um, and I didn't hear from you for a couple of days, I actually went back to my Twitter account and I thought, Oh my God, am I? Is he not responding because I'm following Donald Trump? Um, which, <laughs> and do you know what? I purely did that. Just out of fascination at the stupidity that comes out right yeah. now. He's, he certainly doesn't hold back. He just says whatever's on his mind at that moment. Yeah, he certainly does. And do you know what? It was interesting. Going back to when I Googled the famous casino owners, the only one that wasn't smiling and that seemingly has filed for bankruptcy over casinos was Donald Trump. <laughs> I thought, I thought. Yeah, that pissed me off. That pissed me off uh, a lot when I was reading about him filing bankruptcy. I mean, how do you how do you fuck up a casino? It does. If there's people like us out there just feeding money into it every day. Do you know, how do you mess that up? But you took the words right out of my mouth. I thought, oh my god, the only person in history to fuck up a casino. How can you? How is that possible? Well, no, uh, there's, uh, Detroit, the Greek town casino in Detroit also filed for bankruptcy when I lived there. Oh, um, really? And actually, that's 
part of the reason why I didn't feel eventually I was very I didn't want to file for bankruptcy. I ended up filing for bankruptcy, and I went back and forth in my brain. I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But um, the fact that uh, the Trump casinos and the Greektown casino had filed for bankruptcy, and I'm sure there's others that have, mm. I said, you know what? If a casino can file for bankruptcy, then so can I. Oh, absolutely. And I know that, you know, you've touched on, you feel like, you know, there's a stigma associated with that. And I, I, I yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't blame you whatsoever. Uh, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of incredible, like all of these loan companies and stuff like that. They're even with people with poor credit. You know, if they're going to dish out loans irresponsibly to people that clearly aren't in a position, uh, you know, financially to be able to pay those back. Then you know you're putting people, vulnerable people, are uh, just gonna uh, put in a situation where you have no choice. And I don't think you should feel ashamed about that um, at all. I think it's just a result of the, you know, society today and the and access. Again, going back to the the access that vulnerable people people have to money and to gamble. And I don't think you should personally feel ashamed of that. Thank you, thank you. I, I go back and forth on it, but uh, in the end, I, I did file it, so I, I wasn't too ashamed. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I don't think you should be. I don't think you should be. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Uh, all right. Well, this is this has been fascinating. And by the way, uh, yeah, I am sorry I didn't get back with you. I, I was laughing at your other email that you sent when you said, uh, did I do something? Was the, did I scare you? And I said, no, no, it just... <laughs> Between work and everything, you know, life, and uh, it's sometimes this podcast gets the short side of that, unfortunately. And so I, the, that email account doesn't always get uh, responded to promptly. No, that's that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. I, was... I actually, I, the night I responded to you, I responded to two other people who I hadn't responded to yet either. <laughs> so I was I was emailing everybody that night. Okay. Um, Okay. But no, your your email was fantastic. You sounded very passionate, so I was excited to have you on, and, and you fulfilled that well, very much. So well, you did an excellent job. Well, that's exceptionally kind of you, and I I really hope I really I feel privileged to have been able to to share my experiences on this forum. I think again, I think what you're doing is great, and if anyone can can benefit from it, which I'm sure they undoubtedly can, because I know I have. So, you know, it's been a privilege. It's been a privilege. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, and we're going to have you back on, get an update I'd, from you in some time. You can tell me more. We can get more into the advertising portion and the FOBTs. Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd, I ha- I'd happily come back on any time. Any time. I can't, I can't promise that I'll be as good as Jeff, um, but... <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna send him a message because he's gonna be very tickled that uh, you appreciated his episode so much. Well, Je- Jeff is like the fountain of knowledge, and and I was thinking, oh Christ, if I'm if I'm gonna come after Jeff, like what a tough act to follow. It's like kind of, um, yeah, it's like he was like a, he was like an encyclopedia for uh, for gambling, and I, I took it. I re- yeah, I thought Jeff Jeff was awesome, and hopefully I've you know. Uh, can kind of yeah just 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 share something that can contribute i just just love to be able to con- i feel like 
Jeff is your Rolling Stones and you're the band who had to play after. Them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Or I'm like, like the warm-up gig, so I'm like for Eminem or whatever. <laughs> I'm like some un- unknown rapper that is, is utterly horrendous and then Eminem comes on. Um, but um, No, you did a wonderful job, sir. Well, you're very kind. Uh, you're very kind. Uh, I'd be... I'd, I'd, be utterly thrilled to hear it hopefully well i will uh i'll we'll get this up uh today or tomorrow in the next couple of days here okay that that's awesome right it should pop up uh, just ignore the gambling advertisement that you're going to hear before it yeah i will don't worry don't worry <laughs> don't worry yeah i'll have to investigate that i'm not sure how all this works but we'll have to figure that out see if we can Stop that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't think. I think people tuning in to something like this. I don't. I don't think they should have to see that. You know. And I know it's obviously absolutely. I, I didn't even know it existed. So. No. And of course, it's of no fault of yours whatsoever. It just goes to show how. I, do you know what? It may even be a UK thing because the laws are so lapsed that it's they are literally it seems that there's there's nowhere that their tentacles cannot get to so maybe in the in the US or around the world it might not pop up but in the UK when i was on my android it pops up and i just thought and cuz it pissed me off if you hey if you see it again do a, can you do a screenshot of it and email it to me yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I would it, definitely. Yeah, if that happens again. That, see if yeah. you can do a screenshot and just shoot me an email because I'm, I'm curious what it looks like. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely do that. Hopefully, All right, hopefully. Jay. Okay, okay, Brian. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? All right. No, no, not at all. Just you know. I sincerely hope this continues because it's been so helpful to me and uh, I just hope more and more people find it and can get as much from it as I have because it prompted me to go to my first GA meeting. It's prompted me to go the longest period without gambling in the best part of about seven years. Um, and I just think it's, yeah, it's, you know, you, you, you're contributing positively to society and what more could someone want to do with their life i think it's awesome well you're very kind i really appreciate that not at all not at all and thank you for being a guest on the all in the addicted gamblers podcast well hey cue the awesome music <laughs>